1: Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. I'm Samuel Mann, I'm at Otago Polytechnic in Dunedin today and I am joined by Nemo Elisara To'o. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Nima, how was your bubble life? Bubble life was very different. At first, it was totally new to our family, but then it just, the longer we were in, the, in lockdown, I think we realised that, just like some other families, we were struggling a bit, especially my 18-year-old son. Yeah, he really struggled.
1: Struggled with not being able to get out?
0: Yes. (laughs) Struggled with not being able to go outdoors, um, seeing his friends. And I think um, it got worse when we couldn't have church. So that was a big thing for us, was not being able to um, just fellowship with everyone else and hang out with um, his friends and do music. So, yeah.
1: Did you do that remotely? Yes. Did it work?
0: It did, but it's still not as good as um, getting together with everyone else and doing things together with the community and with um, our church organization, so yeah.
1: Because that's a big thing in the Pacific community.
0: It is. Um, with Pacifica families, it's it's all about uh, communities. It's all about doing things in numbers. So um, and that's that way, everyone feels supported, Like. We can feel the love from everyone else, um, but it's just a normal part of our of our community living. Is that we do, we always do things in in, in numbers. So um, when COVID um, hit, it was a whole new level of brought on it. I think a lot of the things that we notice as adults, um, some of the issues we were facing as Pasifika families were all brought to the forefront because um suddenly we were we were not able to gather together as families and um eat together as families pray together as families so um all those things um we noticed that our our communities were really struggling with some of the key issues that we noticed with our elderly that lived um alone or that were in homes uh, that brought about, because during that time, our own mom was just put in a home because our mom has de- dementia. So she was just placed in the home just before COVID happened. So it brought about a whole lot of anxieties. And so it just took it to a whole new level of, of stresses for everyone. That was, um yeah. So it was, it brought about whole new emotions, um, just anxieties that we've never experienced before. Um, and it was it felt it was really weird because it it felt as if we were grieving um even though mom and our loved ones were still with us and the fact that we couldn't see them um, it just it, it was it felt like grieving you know and, and yeah it was it was totally a whole new experience and a whole new to a whole new level. Um, yes we have our faith we're people of faith but um, it's always the coming together of, of, of our communities and our families that just brings that warm warmth and that you know just that feeling of, of togetherness and belonging <laughs> so how did the community
1: respond to those those challenges
0: we we found that some families still um, Came up with ways of actually uh, catching up with families. So what we did, um, we were able to walk around to the home where our mama um, was in, and they were able to bring her to the window. But that was really tough because um, she was waving at us from the other side of the of the of the glass of the window, and uh, we were all outside crying, you know, and the little kids like um, my my nephews young nephews one was three and one was two like just couldn't understand why nana was in there and why we couldn't hug her and we're a very close knit family then we found out that some other families in the communities um were facing the very same thing and it was really really tough it was it was really tough to be able to yeah to not do those normal things like and i know with any any cultures, whether you're Samoan, whether you're Pacific or not, you will still, f- and the stories came out much later that m- many of the families were doing similar activities. And you just had to be really creative in how, how you can create, um, like without bursting that bubble, um, we just had to be really extra careful and just be so creative to the point that we would sing, like we would um, create, um, you know um, FaceTime with our families we have families overseas and then we would get together um, the only struggle was that the home that our mama lived in they couldn't um, provide that um, platform for us to be able to do that so we would have to ring our mom like, and they were able to come on the phone but um, yeah and we heard those stories in the community as well you know um there were lots of those similar stories about how families um what we did a lot was um we we cooked a lot and we shared our food like my husband who was an essential worker and a few of the other men from our organization who were still going out they were the ones that did all the delivery for us so we would cook the food and 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 just not baking like not just baking it was like normal foods like dishes like we went all out, so um, yeah, um, those were some of the key so It activities. must have been
1: an amazing feeling when you did get back together.
0: It was more than amazing. <laughs> we celebrated, uh, and even now we're, we're mindful that there are still countries that are still in lockdown. So um, not only that, we've been keeping them in our prayers and our thoughts, but also we, we celebrate for them as well like so even even right up to now we we have a sense of uh we we're totally blessed to be living in this country and to be COVID free especially in Dunedin as well so um yeah those things are key to us like it was it was key to celebrate but also to be mindful that there are still there are families like for my husband and I we lost our my husband's mom during during So that was um, very very tough. Even though we were able to see a lot of it um, via, you know, the online platforms, it was it was so so tough. As you know, with Salmon the Salmon culture, like when someone dies, it's like, and and you know we believe that like they say, better the day you um, you die than the day you were born. Because like, and we were we were unable to celebrate her life like with our families and it was so so tough in fact my husband um he's quite often says that he was badly affected and he still is like i noticed that he's not quite the happy because his mom was everything to him and i know some other families in our communities and around new zealand that also loved, um, lost and they're all facing the the similar you know similar effects of um how that brought about.
1: Yeah so these the effect of this is not going away this is not going away quickly it's not just saying, "Well, you can get back together now because you can't because you can't get to we still can't
0: so and when i said earlier about the the grief process and and what we're going through it still feels like we're still grieving um even right up to now it's it's you know it's been a while but it hasn't Lessen that um, the pain of just not being able to to travel, and especially now too, because like we, many of our families were planning on going back home. We quite often go back home to visit our mom and everyone, but um, just that thought that we may not be able to go there in a hurry, like still just <laughs> intensifies that pain in a in a, in a manner. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's very very very, very difficult.
1: So how do you maintain a positive view, given those challenges? Because, I mean, you're working in supporting students, lead of Pacifica Development. So, you know, people like your son of 18, they're having to make career choices. They can't be doing that from a position of of, of grief. There must be a, a way of seeing a positive future.
0: Absolutely. And like I, I spoke about um, earlier about, even though we're people of faith, we still had those moments where we, we really struggled to, to get through a day. Um, but we realized that we can't just be focusing on ourselves because there were so many other people around us that needed support. So we were able to, um, like we support, for 13 years now we've been running this program with the university where we, we, we support Pasifika um, students International but students, so pastoral care, um, feeding them, anything that they require um, while they're here studying, we try and provide. So during COVID, when that happened, um, our husbands um, and some other men that were, they were the ones that did all the runarounds. And um, but it was, it was and like I said, we celebrated. We knew that. Um, There were many students that were stuck and couldn't go home. There were families that didn't have anyone else, that um, they didn't have any other families in the community. So our focus was, and what we noticed that by focusing on other people's needs, it kind of like really took away our focus on ourselves. So it was only during the evening when we were not able to to go out and, and be active and do things or help someone else that it will bring back the reality of our own situation. But we that's how we've um we've grown up and we've been raised in such a manner that when you focus on other people's issues uh, you know, God takes care of the rest and like you're you're looked after and, and someone pays it forward to you in other means and we've noticed that. So I think it's 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 about celebrating um, the the, the winds and, and the things that you can change, the things that's within your control. Like it's not so much like we can't sit there all day and think, oh, if only we can. See, if we just think that, then nothing will, will change. Like we, we can't change, we can't help the whole communities, but we can help several families. So by doing those smaller actions and, and being able to reach out to certain families or certain students that are need, it just gave us that satisfaction that was really rewarding to us, so we were able to do lots of those, and we we were in the garden lots, that was our, sort of like, our escape, um, and also singing music is, is everything to us, so fortunately for us, we were very blessed that my son is a, a musician, I'm um, self-taught, and he was able to um, entertain not only himself, but our families as well. So he would jump on the, on the the keyboard or whatever instrument, and he'll play, and we'll record it. Like during family meetings, family Zoom meetings, um, we we did a lot of that. So music brought a lot of healing and restoration for, for our families and our communities, and we were encouraging. All the students just listen to music, put on some positive music and just, you know, feed yourself that way, feed your mind that way and get into books, like, don't watch um, <laughs> movies that will, um, sad movies that will provoke those, um, you know, <laughs> sad emotions and, but yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so let's have some positive music. Let's
1: have, the first of your music choices, let's have The Temptations, My Girl, why this one?
0: Well, the lyrics it speaks of, like, I've got sunshine, like, no matter what's happening around us, when you, when you have, like, there's this is, saying in the Bible, it says, like, be transformed by the renewing of your minds, and this song reminds me of that, of, oh, of that verse, so um, it's, it's powerful, simple lyrics, yet very powerful, sunshine is everything.
2: in the trees
1: Do we have many Pacifica students at the
0: Polytech? Yes, we do. Uh, last year, probably not as many as this year, but there was a significant, there was still a significant um, amount of students here last year. So we support um, our team here did a really great job like to look after the Pacifica learners. Um, so I wasn't too concerned about our students that were well taken care of, but we were the students that we did um, we were looking after and we're still looking after uh, the ones that kind of like fell through the the you know crack with um <laughs> so we had to um really rise to that occasion and really um provide like a lot of the students and and that's how we've we've kind of like, We've, we've we've championed that that belief that you don't just focus on on you know the needs of those that are around you. There may be other. So what we found was some of them brought their friends that were struggling, and their friends were bringing some <laughs> other friends. So yeah, um, so we really um, and there were a lot many of our students from here. I'm so proud of that. Like many of our students that were doing really well would often get food from here and would share it with some of their other friends who are across the road, like at at Otago University, so um, some of those issues were highlighted when we had a a meeting with the council, and they actually um, raised a really good, um, some really good feedback, like, and some of the students were saying, well, Otago Polytechnic students were looked after really well during COVID, and yes, they were. Um, Our team here did an excellent job in, in Ensuring that our students were looked after. Um. So yeah, from that aspect, um, I'm very proud to be part of the OP family during that time, and not only that with students, but also with um ourselves as staff members. I felt really supported. Um, like I was the team that I look after. Um. We all connected really, really well. In fact, it brought us closer during those times. So we were able to be there to see each other every day. Like we would um have Zoom meetings, and we would cheer each other up. We have our coffees with us, and our families were able to come on, come on, and say hello to everyone else's family. So um yeah, so
1: I wonder if that will will stick in some way that. That closer connection, almost a breaking down of those barriers, that that families can be part of our our work lives, our work connections. It, it is bringing those sorts of things closer. Well, I
0: I, I think I, I I think that's one aspect that. Um, Otaku Polytechnic does that's really well is the fact that they're very family oriented, and we are able to bring in our family members. Like they can come and, and hang out with us, like or they can come sit in the hub and have a like we can come down and have a coffee with them or have a meal with them. Um, so I think we're very blessed that way to be able to to do that because many many organizations that I've worked in, we we were unable to do that. Uh, I mean, I I, st- I when I spoke to other teams they they were actually the opposite they didn't they felt quite isolated during covid and even though their teams came together they didn't it didn't get to a point where they were able to to form a a stronger connection so with our team those connections were forged in a in a very powerful manner in fact it really shifted things for us to a whole new level of um just, just empowerment, um, and they, and even now, it's a, they remind each other of that time when we were in lockdown. Like you know, that was really good, but we can do it better now that we are here. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I it would be good to see that continue to happen, and I can see that happening when we have staff um, events and stuff. I can see families coming in, and I think it's good. Did the government's
1: messaging around COVID work for the Pacifica community? Uh, The the be kind message seems to be one that would seem to me to resonate very closely with that service leadership.
0: The be kind message um, to us is nothing new because that's instilled in us from the get-go and that's why we do things in, in large numbers. Like, no matter how our own individual families are struggling, we always look out to see what the need is out there to, to, to provide, you know, um, a solution to resolve whatever the community is facing. So the Be Kind was very appropriate, but to us, it wasn't anything new. Um, that's just part of our everyday life that we would um, go over and above just to ensure that others are looked after. So we look after our neighbors, we look after our communities. So we were able to extend that be kind message to whoever we came in contact with. Um, And it it means that um, (laughs) at times you you struggle. I mean, we're humans and, and, and we do have those emotions, of, but like I said earlier, um, we're so focused on the need of others that our own needs, um, you know, quite often, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, and it was, that was one key things, thing that I had to remind our community with is like self care and like looking after our own selves. Cause while we were pouring our energy and, and time and commitment into other lives, um, <clears throat> we were neglecting our own health, we weren't sleeping well, we weren't, so, but it's it's about reminding and always, con- those constant reminders, like, be kind to others mean that you ha- also have to be kind to yourself, so we would often do that just to motivate and remind ourselves of that, of the need to look after our own selves, like, so we can then go out and be effective in, in the work that we do with, yeah, with our... Own communities. Bubble sprite of the forest of the Eden's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie.
3: Kia ora koutou, namahi arohanoui kia koutou ko I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope that wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding. Sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here making things better. Thank you. So, I know that for all of us, we'll be greatly relieved to have moved down in alert levels. We can all have so much more time together and congregate and frolic about in the ways. That which we are accustomed to, that we really enjoy, which is so exciting. Whilst of course also balancing this with enough of our own solitude and downtime for ourselves to get that balance right, which is so important. And I know that for all of us, we are finding it an interesting dance between these different states of being at this time. I know for me with my work at this time of year normally it would be very very busy and have lots of school groups but we haven't been very busy and neither have the other providers that do my sort of role at other institutions it's been very quiet for us all and I think this is because all the schools are really recalibrating and making the most of this time to play catch up with their students having missed that time together last year. I'm hoping that as time goes on we will become busier but we've been very lucky that there's been that great support from the Ministry of Education and understanding that these changes are taking place so I really hope that for you there has been the same level of support and understanding around your work and the changes that have had to take place for us all over this tricky time as a species of course we're so lucky that we have our Wonderful consciousness that we've co-evolved with all life over billions of years and here we are We are the living world perceiving itself. We are the living world appreciating itself and of course, we have a great desire always to create and to draw inspiration from the human world and Really Share that inspiration with each other But first and foremost, I feel that our true inspiration comes from the living world, from the natural world, and everything that we create on one level is in homage to the living world, whether we're conscious of it or not. And of course now there's a lot of acknowledgement of biomimicry and all of those natural processes are being used more and more consciously in technology. First and foremost, that ability to stand in reverence and in gratitude for the living world is so important to nourish us, to sustain us as we embark on our creative journeys. For me, I feel so fortunate to have worked in the living world for the last 15 years and it's really influenced every aspect of my life given me so much healing and access to healing and I want to share that with everybody that I encounter. I also deeply appreciate the immediacy of the living world, the truth of the living world and the fact that the living world enables us to see ourselves in new ways, that we are perfect, that we are unique and that we have within us all of these hidden jewels, these gems, this this potential, these new things that only we possess that we are here to share and the living world allows us to remember that. So today I'm heading out to Orokonoi, we have a lovely school group, Waimati Centennial School and we're going to be exploring our beautiful stream which is very exciting so I'm really looking forward to that. So I really hope that for all of you, you're really enjoying working in new ways and adapting to these changes, but also remembering your, your calling, remembering your passions, even if we are having to express them differently at this time, that they're still there for us always. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Ka
1: you're listening to Blowing Bubbles, we're talking with Nemo Elisara Tu'u. Nemo, we've seen lots of societal change over the the last year. frightens me when I say the last year. used to be the last few months, but now I it's know. the last year. What do you think will stick, and what do you hope will stick?
0: What One key thing that we've, as Pacifica, I can't speak for um, the other aspects of the um, society and but I've noticed the support that there is out there for Pacifica now. I've noticed that there is a lot more funding that's been made available. Like for our organizations who are not for profit, we do a lot of the work um, by way of fundraising, by way of us raising the funds ourselves and everything came out of our own pockets. But during COVID and even right through to now, we've noticed that the government has actually um, released a lot more funding and other fund- funding bodies are now able to to strengthen their service delivery to, to other communities because there is now an abundance of funding that's been made available. My hope is that this will continue um, past COVID because it's, it's very effective in a manner that if communities and families are strengthened, then the whole society um, is also, um, you know, impacted um, positively. Whereas the opposite, if if we weren't supported, you know, if we weren't, if there wasn't enough funding around um, for us to be able to to reach out to these hard to reach families and, and communities, then the strain is on the individual families you know so i think it's 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 key for our government to be able to recognize that that this like like i said earlier like the needs that pasapika families were struggling with were just intensified during covid because it in fact it brought it all to the forefront and then suddenly they were saying whoa that's but these were issues that we've been dealing with um ever since you know we came into um, to this country, and um, it's like no one really. It's like they would they would touch the, the surface, but never went deep enough to actually, you know, find out what the issues are and try and like not just identify them, but actually deal with it and do something about it. So, to me, the the funding available is 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 key. They have to make these funding fundings and, and and release that sort of money to be able for the communities because what, I, what one of the key things that I've noticed um, from working in a community is like they would um, put the fundings into certain organizations and then there are people or there are um, organizations that would gatekeep like and, and that's the term I, I use is because they make their processes so so hard for people and pacifica families will just shy away
2: mm. and
0: that's one of the key things that why pacifica families don't approach these organizations for help is because when they give them a 10 page document like just because they want an extra hundred dollars or 200 to help feed you know, the community, it's like you have to, and and some of them don't have that skill to be able to so it's those kind of societal changes, because now I've challenged, I I also sit in the autoporty um committee, and I have so I serve the Pasifika Voice, I, I sit there as a the Pasifika Voice, and I've challenged all those issues. These are the issues our Pasifika f- fa- families are facing, and now they're giving us help. Like, now they're saying, okay, so if you're applying for funding, we will give you a person, and this person, their commitment to you is to help fill in those forms. So I've challenged how their process, like, with, um, with wins. Like, families don't go there because you have to like <laughs> fill in so many forms and the questions that i say to them why if, if you're for the people why make these processes so tough like fam- pacifica families and like all those other fam like people like that are not pacifica imagine how they feel everything is foreign everything is so difficult like you're just adding to their stress factors in there so it's like to me, it, it it doesn't make sense that um, the funding is there and then the people that have the funding are not being, you know, their their systems and their processes are really, really tough, are not user-friendly. So families always, like, to me it doesn't make sense when the fundings are being released and it's underutilised. If no one's utilising those funding because the processes that they have around them is, is tough then. One of
1: the things that the pandemic has shown to us all is that we can do stuff when we want to we can do things that for years and years and years it was impossible to do this thing and now all of a sudden we can so maybe you can use the the leverage from that for this kind of system change
0: we absolutely have have looked at all the all that um because the way pacifica families are is like we're used to not having much We've grown up seeing that we've faced those struggles. So we are always dependent on things that, like all our natural resources. So when COVID happened, it was easier for us to go back to that. But then it also created like leverage for us to be able to, use that creativity and actually look at how we can like for example one of the key things that i noticed happened was some of the the pacifica people that have been in industries for such a long time some of them over 20 over 30 years when they lost their jobs they didn't know what to do with themselves but they actually um came and realized that some of the things that come to them naturally every pacifica man and woman knows how to cook and cook really well so many of the families started running their own little um we call them um which is called like little family business we're, we're so used to doing them back home because every family can just cook up whatever and have their stall up the front of the house and everyone just come in and buy so we did that we also um like the olden days in the barter system so we exchanged like if a family needed this and they didn't have eggs like the family that had eggs would swap the eggs for whatever they needed so it's like we were able to actually create opportunities out of nothing like um for example like our organization we got some funding to renovate our church so instead of like getting contractors from we fought we fought so much for for us to be able to use some of our own men that were now um, displaced and not didn't have work because of covid so they were able to be paid through that project because we we asked for that and we challenged for that for them so it's like yes we can bring contractors and th- like the the some of the skills the skill set that's set within the pacifica community is amazing most of them knows how to put a house up you know they just don't have a bit of paper you know but of course you would need the special guys to come in and the specialists to come in and do the the main part but the the, the laboring and all the other stuff like why not utilize the skills that's in the community so
1: let's squeeze in Dave Dobin. welcome home <music>
2: Tonight I am feeling for you Under the state of a strange land You have sacrificed much to be here Therefore the graces I offer my hand
1: what lessons do you think we can take from the pandemic and how we've responded to the pandemic? For the longer term questions that we face, we were just talking before about the sort of the, the systems injustice, but also things like climate change and social injustice, intergenerational poverty, all those sorts of things that we can't, sadly can't fix by staying at home and watching Netflix.
0: I think some of the key takeaways, and I know that, you know, I've, I've actually voiced these concerns with, like, the likes of Ingrid Leary. Um, wh- one of the key things that we've kind of, like, taken on board is, is being able to know who you can, who you can connect to that are in organisations that can influence and can make the difference. For example, we know that if we try to go about making changes um, by ourselves and on our own, we can't necessarily. That voice may not be, you know, um, carried right through to government level and and so on. So what we did was we connected with with the local MPs. We've connected with the Ministry of Pacific People, um, and we've we've asked for a presence, like an actual a local office, to be placed in Dunedin, um, so that at least the lower South Island have access to. And, and we've challenged that because we one of the key issues that we, we found during um, COVID was that there wasn't a database that Pacifica or agencies that wanted to support Pacifica families. There wasn't um, a database where they can get all the key contacts, like for key um, Pacifica leaders and so on. So... It was only through our network that we were able to and it was fortunate enough and like with pacifica family uh, uh, when you tell one thing to a family it doesn't take very long for it to go around because it's just by word of mouth so we were saying to families if you know of any pacifica families around you Like around where you live around where you used to work so we were using every means of any platform we could get back for i think for us it would be so good like and this is what we've asked our council so we worked our council really really um rose to the occasion and really came on board. And, and even now, we are continuing to meet with them. I've asked for them to meet with us quarterly so that we can address some of the issues that our Pasifika um, communities down here are facing. And um, we've asked for the ministry to have a presence here in Dunedin. Like we're, we're not satisfied that someone will just come down or someone will just ring up. We want an actual office here so that we can go to and we can you know, that can come on board and really support, like, our, our people. Because the population of, of the um, Pasifika families down here has really grown, especially in the last five years. So it's like, we don't just want them to treat us like... For example, like, all the fundings and stuff used to go to up north because of the greater population of, of Pasifika. It's like, I want them to treat um, Dunedin and the Lower South um, as, like, we, we matter as well. Like, so we deserve to have uh, an office of Ministry of Pacific Peoples, like, have, have them stationed here so our people can connect because they're the ones that have all the funding. They're the ones that will be able to provide a means or, you know, just, just be able to guide. Because for us, it was about connection. Who do we connect to? Who do we connect a family that's struggling with with paying their power bill? You know so because what we found is we were so exau- we exhausted so much of our own whatever we had as a buffer to help you know it et- all that was exhausted and um so we are grateful that we were able to now just able to now get some funding to be able to do what we do so i think in in, in regards to what can we yeah not only from a systemic point of view, I think it would be ideal to, for them to really look at strengthening those connections with with some of the hard to reach Pacifica families because not all of them um belong to a community. So what we noticed that was that um, some of the families that kind of like felt really isolated were brought to us or were connected to us through another family. So I think it was it, it was key, it would be ideal for our well, and that's why we've challenged DCC, like come up with, like help us, like provide a platform where we can give you or, or we, any Pasifika or any agency can go to and say, actually, there's this many Pasifika communities and this is, so instead of like just trying to ring so and so and, you know, so lack of information was, was a, a real issue. And we felt that the information that was being provided by, by the ministry um, it didn't even... Um, yes, it helped to some degree, but we had to translate some of it. Um, we had to help explain all this to our own people because not all of them were um, competent in the English language. So, yes, those kind of things.
1: So I have some questions to end the show and not very much time to do them, so we shall have to rattle through. What is the... Biggest success you've had
0: in the last couple of years? For personally, or anything you like? Anything. I think um, for for our communities, as because I'm very involved with our community. I think as being able to finally come together and 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 having a, a unified um, approach and a, and a voice. Uh, so because we're so used to doing things in our own little bubbles and but that's what COVID has taught us it's like together we're stronger we have a stronger voice and we were able to pull together the um, Mauna Nui festival um, just recently and that was a success and that was only the beginning of um, you know moving forward and very excited for the Pacifica community yeah moving forward.
1: So we're writing a book of these conversations, it's called Tomorrow's Heroes. So you are in our book, you're in our team. What is the superpower that's got you into the mansion?
0: The superpower, I think it's just like um, I shared with you about the, the message of COVID, like being kind. I think for us, it's the values that were instilled in us from 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 our own families, from growing up. I think that really equipped us so well. Um, going into COVID, yes, everyone was panicking. We panicked, but we still carried on because we realised the task ahead was not easy. So instead of focusing on what else you know we needed, we focused on what else other people needed. So yeah, superpower is definitely the values that's been instilled in us and our faith that's allowed us to to carry on being strong and and even when things were looking pretty hectic and. and and scary our faith um, just motivated us to just to carry on and and believe that there's light at the end of the tunnel so it
1: must be a strong belief that you can make a difference absolutely you are making a difference
0: absolutely and we and we start with helping one or two or three we can't change the world overnight but that's that's the what that's our motto that's what we believe so do you consider yourself to be an activist activist um, I've never looked at that as an activist, but I know I and, and the passion that I have, my heart is is it's all about helping people, like and really challenging the status quo, like I'm not I'm not afraid to speak up, like and no matter where you put me, I my, the passion in me will just allow me to open my mouth and just say what's in my heart and yeah. So what motivates you? My love for people. And just knowing where I've come from, like remembering the the small beginnings and how tough life is back home in Samoa. And that's what drives me. That's what motivates me to help others. Their story may be far worse than mine, but yeah. So what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year? The challenge challenge that I look forward to is being able to see a shift and in, in from government up because one of the big things that I've challenged and I've met with so many people during COVID lockdown and, and even now, is I've met with people that I've said to them, you need to go back to the government and say they can't just be releasing funding into big organizations what about looking within the churches utilizing the skills that sit in those organizations that is so that spend so much of their time supporting supporting the wider community help us um you know strengthen the work that we do in the communities so i think i think that if that was strengthened we will be able to do so much more we will be able to reach so many more families because our work is not just focused on speaker families. Whoever's around us, if we, if uh, someone, if one of our kids from school brings home and says, oh, mum, there's a family, like, we would help them. And we've been doing that. Like, we don't wait for fundings to, to become available. We just do it because we know it's the right thing to do. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? My advice for listeners is... Um, I think I may have already mentioned it, but uh, if you're still struggling from the effects of COVID, if you're still feeling isolated, I think you need to be brave enough because people can't help if they don't know what's what you're struggling with. I know mental health is a, is a big thing. And I know a lot of, um, even with our own particular communities, I really encourage you um, to start that conversation. Start with someone you trust. Like if you do have, one person that you can tell about what you're facing, um, and the issues that you're still facing, you know, and I realised that um, some of the issues that came um, about during COVID, um, it can't be fixed overnight. So if you're still struggling with with, um, loneliness, and um, please, um, you know, just start a conversation with someone. And if that person can't help, they will surely connect you with someone else out there that may be able to to, um, to help you so wish you all the best and like that song I've got sunshine on a cloudy day so no matter how cloudy the day may be looking now it will be um, sunny again tomorrow so just keep maintaining that hope and just yeah yeah look after yourself
1: Nemo, thank yeah. you very much for joining me
0: you're very welcome thank you for having me
1: Bubbles are safe spaces around the world. We broadcast on the Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons at three, and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tafu McKenzie. This is Jamie Ficchetti. Summer Breeze. I'm Samuel Mann at Otago Polytechnic, Indonesia, and I have been joined by the very fabulous Nemo Elisara. To That was Blowing Bubbles, we hope you enjoyed the show.